This is Jason Hansen, pastor of Anchor Church. Thank you for jumping onto our sermon podcast. My prayer is that as you listen to this sermon, you're encouraged in your walk with Jesus and that you live for him in all of life. Enjoy the sermon now. If you don't have a Bible, you can use uh, your phone or whatever device you have. Go to your app store. There's, a, there's an app called Version. And it's free. It's a free Bible app where you're going to use the English Standard Version this morning. You can just download that. We'd love to have you do that. I was thinking about this text a little bit and how to communicate it properly, make sure we're understanding it. And it reminded me of um, this time that I was in college. Uh, I was at Grace Community Church in Tempe. um, was where I was going at the time. And we were doing a Man on the Street videos for the college group. And what that was, was we kind of took a few of us, we went down to Mill Avenue uh, we were at ASU uh, down by Mill Avenue, and we were just going around asking people questions. We were trying to figure out, you know, things like, what do you think joy looks like in your life? Uh, we weren't looking for Christian answers. We were just looking for answers. You know, what, 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 what do you consider? How do you process through it when you deal with disappointment? And just getting, you know, questions like that, just getting honest answers. We wanted to put together a video series about how just normal, everyday people think about some of these things. And there was a girl, a college-age girl that was there, and one of the guys that was doing the interviews became readily apparent that he was asking her questions, but he was also trying to get maybe a date out of it. Um, he, was trying to, he was trying to start to ask her some questions, and it was like, he started maybe flirt with her a little bit, trying to figure out how to maybe get. And about two minutes in, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I think I have the camera, and I'm sitting there thinking, what is he doing? Because I noticed what he didn't notice, which was that on her left hand, on this finger, there was a wedding ring. I just thought, what is he doing? He's, he's, he's asking, he's flirting with this girl. She's married, and eventually, about two minutes later, she finally just says, look, here's the thing. And she puts her hand up. I'm married. And his face went white. He just thought, oh no. He just, and all of us that were there were like, yes, this is the best day. You know, like for like, for like a week later, we're going, I can't believe you missed the wedding ring on her finger. How could you miss it? The whole point of a wedding ring on a finger is to tell people that I belong to somebody else. I don't belong. You know, I'm not out there just, for, I'm not available. I'm, I'm taken. I belong to somebody else. You can't have me. I'm, I'm somebody else's. I mean, it's the point of a wedding ceremony. It's the point of the reception. We all gather, we do that. And then the wedding ring is just a tangible example for everybody to see and to notice, I don't belong to you. I belong to somebody else. I belong to my spouse. You can't, you can't have me here. I belong to somebody else. This is what a wedding ring, a wedding ring tells us. And Christian... This is what baptism tells us. Actually, this is what baptism tells everybody else. When you get baptized, even if somebody isn't present, you say, yeah, I've been baptized as a Christian. It's a tangible marker that you belong to somebody else. When we think about baptism, baptism and the big idea today is that when you get baptized, you're telling everyone that I am with Jesus. I am not with somebody else. I'm not available. I have linked myself to the king. This is what baptism is. It's a a symbolic understanding. And Paul's going to help us here in Romans chapter six. But it's a symbolic understanding that we have died with Jesus. We've risen with him and we belong to him. I'm with him. And we need to make sure, Christian, that we understand this because a lot of times we look at baptism as like, if we're not careful, as like, yeah, I'll get to it. 
one day, you know, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm embarrassed to get in front of people. Uh, there's a whole lot, not like litany of things we could hesitate getting baptized for, but baptism really shows and demonstrates to everybody uh, who we belong to, who we're living for, how we're processing through this life as we go through it as Christians. And Paul's going to give us some helpful tools to understand even more. What does it mean when we get baptized? What are those symbols? What is it what is going under the water and coming up out of the water stand for? What is it something that we should grasp? And, and what are we proclaiming when we do it? And maybe a question for us this morning is, what are we actually proclaiming if we choose not to get baptized? What are we saying to people? What are we communicating to the church? What are you communicating to your family members? If you're choosing, I don't want to get baptized. I just, I want to wait. What is that communicating? And maybe that's like a sign of what's even deeper in our hearts. Maybe, it's, maybe us not getting baptized and choosing not to is a, is a sign of a deeper reality. Even if you claim to be a Christian, there could be something there uh, that we have to understand. So we're going to read through the first four verses of Romans, chapter 6. And then we are going to break it down a little bit, just take some time to understand, hopefully grasp what, why we should find baptism as something that we should do. It's one of the two sacraments of the church. We... We don't believe that there's seven. We believe there's two, which is the Lord's Supper and baptism. And we, last week we talked about the Lord's Supper, and now we're talking about baptism. Two sacraments. And sacrament simply means it's something that Jesus himself commanded the church to do. Jesus himself instituted baptism and the Lord's Supper. And Paul here expands upon this. He helps us try to understand what this means. So Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 1, this is what we read. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. This is our text this morning. This is, this is the word of the Lord to us today as we, as we try and break it down and understand it. I do pray that the Lord would help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear, to understand why this is so important to us as Christians, as a Christian church, as those who followed Christ. The Lord's Supper and baptism are massive things that we do. They, they are instituted by our Savior, by the King, by Jesus Christ. And we want to make sure we understand them and walk in them. Paul here, if we take a look, he, he asks, starts with the question in uh, chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? Now, let me just push pause here for a second. If you have not read the letter to the Romans, let me just give you a, a quick summary of, of what he's been talking about. He begins in chapter 1 by saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Paul's proclamation, I am not ashamed. At this time period, many people were ashamed. You know why? Because they were finding persecution. There, it was not safe to love the gospel. And Paul's saying, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God for salvation to those who believe. That's, that's what the gospel is. And then he spends the next number of chapters explaining specifically what the gospel is. The gospel is that we as people 
are sinners. We are separated from God. We can't get to him because of our sin. We've been Adam and Eve. We've talked all about this. Hopefully, if you grew up in the church, you've heard all this. But, you know, Adam and Eve sinned. They, they went their own way. They did their own thing. They made their own rules. And then that gets passed on to us. Like, yes, it gets passed on to us. And we, Paul says in, in the beginning of Romans, we are essentially dead in our sins. We, we can't have, uh, we, we don't have a relationship with God. We, we, we are dead inside. And the only way that we can find life is by the grace of Jesus Christ. It's by his death and resurrection, which is the gospel. This is good news of the gospel, right? We find grace. Grace saves us. And it actually, it enlivens our heart to believe. And then we can have faith in him. So we're saved by grace through faith. And then Paul goes on, he's talking about a number of different aspects of this. But what he's saying here and the question he's asking here is, um, what, if, what if it's true that, you know, God's grace is highlighted the more sin exists? What if that's true? What if it's true that the more I sin, which is what he's saying, the more you sin, the more God's grace abounds. So there's a, there's a common a question perhaps is asked, which is, well, why don't I just sin all the more? You know, if that's true, if like God's grace is great, the more I sin, you know, I think about it. Do you ever, you ever get a Tupperware out for food and you realize, uh, oh man, my Tupperware is too small, too much food. You already d- dirtied it. It's the worst. It's like, I got it now. It's just a waste. What a waste of 10 seconds for me to wash this now, you know? Um, it's terrible. But like, but like the more food you have, the bigger the Tupperware is. The more stuff I have to put in it, I can't do a small Tupperware. I got to get bigger. And the more food it is, I got to get bigger. I just got to keep expanding the, the uh, bigness, the largeness of the Tupperware to fit all of it in there. And what, pe- what Paul's saying is, look, the more you sin, the more you have, the bigger that Tupperware gets with the Tupperware meaning grace, the more grace you need to hold it all. So God's grace is massive. So man, what, what, should we just sin more then, Right. If we're at like 50% full of sin, let's just make it 100. Because then we got to get a bigger Tupperware. Grace is bigger. And this isn't, excuse me, this isn't hypothetical. Paul's, I'm sure that people are actually asking these questions. You know why I know this? Because I think we ask these questions. We, a lot of times we ask things like, how much can I actually get away with before I can't, you know, like we, we have this measure and Paul is, Paul is saying things like, um, you know, if this is true, um, if you're asking these questions, let me, just, let me just put a stop to it right now. And I love when Paul does this, by no means, exclamation point. Maybe, you know, maybe one of the, in our, maybe what we would say is like, what are you talking about? I, why would you even ask that question is what Paul's saying. No, no. That's not how it works. We don't want to do that. Look what he says. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? How can we who died to sin still live in it? Listen, when we were saved by God's grace, he actually took our dead hearts and he made them alive, but he killed something else. He killed our life to sin. Now, we don't always feel that, do we? But the reality is in Jesus Christ, sin does not, and as we sit in him, he sees us as if we've never sinned, as if we've always obeyed. This is the reality of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So Paul's been talking about this in Romans. He's going to talk about it even more. It is a mystery, but it's the truth. This is the good news of the gospel. If you believe Jesus died for your sins, he sees us as if we've never sinned, always obeyed. 
This is the reality of the gospel for us. So we are dead to sin in him. So the symbolic aspect of baptism, we think about baptism because he's going to get to it here. The going under the water is the actual symbolic understanding of us being buried with him. Look at what he says. How can we who died us since to live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. We have this understanding of symbolically saying we are under the ground with him as we go under the water. We're baptized into his death symbolically baptized into his death, we find that we are dead to sin. We are not sleeping to sin. We can function that way, right, church? Like we're sleeping, we're taking a nap to sin. It wakes up sometimes. You know, somehow we're just in a coma to sin, but later it's gonna raise itself up. No, Paul says you're dead to sin. I can't help it. I'm sure I've used this before. I will use it again. Um, I, love, I love in The Princess Bride when there's that, that aspect you know, where, they, where the, the man in black's dead and they take him to Miracle Max. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen The Princess Bride? If you, if you haven't, you should. Um, side note, if you haven't, you should go see it. It's good. Um, but there's the, the man in black's dead and this, so they bring him to the Miracle Man. They bring him to Miracle Max and he checks him out and he said, this guy, he's not dead. He's only mostly dead, which means that he's kind of alive. And that's how we can see ourselves in terms of our sin. Now we're kind of mostly dead. We're kind of alive though, still, right? Paul says, no, you are dead to sin. Therefore, why would you think that you can continue in sinning? You're dead to it. You are not mostly dead. You are dead to sin. Baptism declares when we get baptized, I am declaring to the church and to the community that I am no longer sins to have. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive, but, but I'm, I'm dead to this aspect of sin. I'm buried with him symbolically as we are baptized. It's crazy to think that you would actually think of yourself as being saved by God's grace, dead to sin, and then still go and just live in sin. By no means. I'm, I've done a lot of weddings. I've, I've officiated a number of weddings because I was a college pastor first, about almost 15 years ago now. I was a college pastor and, uh, and so I did a number of weddings and never once at the reception did I see either the bride or the groom immediately after the wedding go and start flirting with other members that were at the reception. You know, take off their wedding ring, hope hide it. Hopefully nobody sees it. You know, like who can I, who can I date now? You know, trying to understand who, who can I now go and maybe I can marry somebody else here. You know, never once has that happened. You know why? Because that's ridiculous. And yet that's how we live. Our baptism is essentially a wedding feast. We declare, look, I am, I'm with Jesus now. And all of life, church, as we live the Christian life, in community together is a reception. It's a reception together where we, we live together, we, we go out and we do community together, we serve together, we disciple one another, we find accountability together, constantly just going, yeah, we've all been baptized, we loved it, we celebrated this together, we walked this out, and why then would we say, put away the wedding ring out, nobody knows that I'm with Jesus because I'm just gonna do my own thing. Paul says, you are dead to sin. Church, we're dead to sin. If you're a Christian, you're dead to sin. And when you get baptized, it's symbolic. You go under the water. I am dying with Jesus. 
I'm his. I'm with him. This is, this is, the, uh, this is the aspect here we have to understand of, of the going under the water in, in water baptism. Christian, you, you belong to Jesus. That means you've been dead to sin. You are dead to sin. By no means should you just go and continue to sin. And maybe you're hearing, you're, actually, you're thinking to yourself, well, that's fine because I'm not a Christian, so I can continue in sin. I'd say, yeah, I mean, you're alive to sin. That's the, that's the understanding of what, of what it means to just live without Christ, is that sin has a massive hold on you. You don't even know it, but it does. And you know what? Maybe this is something for you where, uh, where this doesn't going to make sense today, but what I'm praying is that in years to come, maybe you, you live your life and you go off and you do all of your own things and you're trying to find joy and hope. There's going to be a day that comes where you think, why is this not satisfying me? And you remember January 30th, 2022, when you hear some guy up front talking to you about hope in Jesus and you find it. Maybe that day is today for you. Listen, nothing that you do will bring you genuine joy. Nothing that you do will find you or bring you genuine hope. You know what will? Hope in the one who died for you and who rose from the dead for you. At the end of this service, we're going to have people up here to pray for you. If that's you, please don't be shy. Come on up at the end. I would love to have you pray with people. Just ask them questions. Come up and talk to me. I'd love to talk to you more about this good news of the gospel. Because you, you do need Jesus, though, though maybe you don't know it yet. But you do. And I pray that you find him. I pray that you find him. We find this symbolic understanding of going under the water, being dead to sin. And symbolically then being also raised to newness of life. We go under the water. Dead to, we're dead to sin. We've been buried with Jesus. We get pulled out and we are now symbolically raised to new life because that's the reality. We are, we are raised with him into newness of life up out of the water. And I know, notice what it says. Notice what Paul's saying. Because just with Jesus was pulled out of the grave by the glory of the Father. You know what that means? By the amazing, mysterious, majestic power and glory that we find from the Father through the Spirit into Jesus Christ. And that then is given to us. We are raised with the same kind of power by the glory of the Father. You know what that means? This is what that means. When you live your Christian life, you live with resurrection power. You don't just live with power that's just like, oh, I can just do this on my own. And we like, we're trudging through the snow on our own. You ever try and walk through the snow, like deep snow? You're, you know, everything hurts, you know? Better to have a snowmobile, right? Just like go on the top of it. Look, we try and live this Christian life on our own. It's like we're trudging through, but we live in, in resurrection power. We are just going on top of the snow. Man, we are just going off in a snowmobile. We have power, power to live. We have power to live this Christian life in the power of the spirit, in newness of life. Here's the problem, I think, is that we try this out often, but we find that, man, we fail a lot. Because sin follows us like a shadow, you know? You ever try and outrun your shadow? Guess what? You can't do it. You're not Peter Pan. Not going to happen. That shadow's there all the time. So as we live in this world, this fallen sinful world, shadows follow us. Sin follows us. And so we feel like, man, I'm not doing anything. I only think about my life. And I think in the last 20 years, the closer I get to Jesus, the more I grow, the more I feel like my sin grows. Because the closer I get to him, my sin looks a lot worse. 
As I'm far, farther away from him, my sin looks like it's not that bad. The closer I get, I realize how, man, how bad it actually is. And sometimes I wonder, have I, I think I've regressed in my Christian life. I think somehow I've gone backwards, you know, in my holiness and sanctification, which, which isn't true, but I feel that way. And we want to walk in this newness of life. Listen, it's not going to be perfect, church, but it's why we need community. It's why we need each other to help. Look, you need someone to speak into your life. You, you live in, in, some, in some way that you're like, this doesn't represent newness of life, what God's calling me to. You have somebody ever come up to you and go, hey, let's talk about this. Maybe they say something that, to you that's, that's hard to say or hard to hear, but what it causes you to do is to think a little bit deeper and go, yeah, maybe this isn't living for Jesus. It's discipleship. That's the Christian life. This is what we need. We need one another as we go through it. We have power. Newness of life empowered to live by the Spirit so that we can, though, though we will sin, our, our sin can go less and less and we make progress and we go forward. When I was, I think I was a freshman in college, maybe I was a senior in high school, I don't remember. Uh, my best friend at the time, still probably one of my best friends, uh, his parents invited us to go uh, hang out with them in, at Mission Beach in San Diego. They had a, they had a, you know, it's timeshare condo or something like that. And so we had to work. And so we finished work Friday. We drive out there Friday night and somewhere, small town, it wasn't Yuma. It was smaller than that. Yuma's really small, but it was smaller than Yuma. Um, our, the car breaks down. Like the car just stops. We kind of get to the side of the road. It's about 10 o'clock at night. Um, nothing's open. We are, you know, we do what every, every guy does. You know, we open the hood um, I don't know what to look for in there. You know, you just open it because it's what you're supposed to do. I'm looking in there. I'm like, maybe, maybe there's a hose that I can see. I don't know. I'm like looking in there like, man, no, I can't get to what's ever fixed. Like I can't do, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think I can, can do it. Uh, close the hood. We sleep in the car, wake up at about seven in the morning, go find a mechanic, you know, get it towed there, ask him if he can help. And he says, yeah, but I gotta, I gotta essentially pull most of the engine out to get to whatever it was. I don't even remember what it was. I couldn't even tell you. Some flabbergasted. I don't even know what it was. So something in there. Anyway, so, he's, so he, he says, give me about three or four hours to fix this. So we go, how much is it going to cost? He tells us, not good. You know, it's all this stuff. So we, we get, he calls us, okay, it's done. We get back in there and the thing is, is running. And, you know, one time we were just, the thing was dead. Like there was no way. He, the, the mechanic fixes it. He takes some things out. He puts new things in and we are on our way. New engine, new life. We go forward and, and, and church, listen, we have to, to use the analogy. I don't want to diminish who God is, but we have an incredible mechanic who comes in and takes what's in our hearts. He pulls some things out. He puts some things in and he says, newness of life. Continue to go forward in newness of life. You've been dead to sin now. Now you're alive to God, newness of life and resurrection power, and you go forward. This is the Christian life. This is what we celebrate when we celebrate baptism, going down under the water, being buried with him, and then telling everybody, I am a Christian. I have newness of life, resurrection power. I belong to Jesus now. This is what we do when we, when we get baptized. And the question then becomes, what I asked earlier, what, what are we communicating then if we decide not to? What are you communicating if you think, eh, I don't just, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by it. I don't know if I really want, you know. I'm not sure. I'm going to put it off a little bit. I'm not sure, you know, I, I, I think I need to, 
put off the baptism for a couple of years. They need to just wait. What's communicated, do you think, if someone has a wedding date set and they continually just, I'll just postpone it. You know, they're just postpone it. Yeah, they're not all in. They're not ready. They're not ready for it. They're, they're just saying, I don't know. You know what I think they're communicating? I'm not sure that I really want to be with you. And I just wonder, as we think about baptism, if you're a Christian and you're saying, I don't think I want to do this, if you're just communicating, and maybe it's something in your heart, you're just communicating, I don't know if I want to be with him yet, which is okay. I want you to be sure, but you got to realize that's a reality for you. Because maybe what you need is not to get baptized. Maybe you need the gospel. Man, I'll, I'll tell you the gospel. We'll talk about it. Because I want to make sure you know Jesus. I want to make sure you, you grasp that and you understand that. But listen, you have to have, a, you have, to have a, a conversation. Maybe you're a teenager, you have to have a conversation with your parents. Maybe you're an adult, have a conversation with a friend. Talk about, what is it? Should I get baptized? Ask some questions. We want to talk through it. Because if you're a Christian, baptism is something that you should do. Something that Jesus says, be baptized. At the end of Matthew, go, he tells the church, tells the disciples in the church, go, baptizing those. Make disciples. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we, we should have baptism as something that we do because I want you, if you're a Christian, to make sure that everybody knows I am not free. I'm not on the market anymore. I'm with Jesus. This is what we're communicating as we go forward. We are symbolically uh, going under the water, dead to Jesus, being raised to newness of life. Uh, resurrection power is now ours. Now listen, let me just make sure you understand. Baptism itself is symbolic. There's nothing that happens in baptism that saves you. It's just, it's just a communication to the world. It's a confirmation that yes, I am going to live for him. The, the way that we're saved is by God's amazing grace. It happens in a moment. God just does something in our hearts and we're saved then. Baptism doesn't save us, but it tells everybody we have been saved. This is what we want to make sure we get and we understand. Listen, like a wedding ceremony has witnesses, you know, um, by, by the power vested in me and all the witnesses here, you know, I declare you as married. We, when we are baptized in a church setting, we have witnesses. So I witness you declaring your love for Christ, your desire to live for him. And this whole Christian life is like a big wedding reception. We just, we are just in this thing together. We walk it out together holding each other accountable, making sure that we don't have moments where we, where we stray and we go off on our own. This is what the Christian life is. Getting baptized tells everyone, I'm with Jesus. How can we live this out? Two ways. Then we're going to sing a little bit more. Uh, two ways. The first one is this, get baptized. Look, if you're with Jesus and, and you are with Jesus and you're a Christian and you have not been baptized, get baptized April 3rd. April 3rd is the date. Love to have a number of you get baptized. If you're a teenager in this room and you've been wondering, hey, maybe I should get baptized. Let me just say, yeah, I, I, maybe you should talk to your parents. Talk to your parents. You can talk to Tyler. You can talk to me. Love to talk to you about baptism. Maybe you're an adult and you just have never been baptized. Maybe you're a new Christian and you haven't been baptized. Let's talk about it a little bit. Come, come find me. We'll talk about this and we'll have opportunities for you to sign up for baptism too. There's gonna be ways if you wanna get baptized, you can sign up for the next couple weeks on April 3rd, but mark it down on your calendar. Get baptized. Don't let embarrassment for being in front of people and having to give your testimony be a barrier for you. Because the whole point of baptism is for you to tell everybody, I'm with Jesus. 
So get baptized if you're with Jesus. And the second is this, ask a question. Am I walking in the newness of life with others? Are you allowing church, the, the, the people, the body of Christ, those of us that are in this room at Anchor Church together, through your community groups, men's and women's ministry, Bible study, uh, something, you know, friend groups, are you allowing the church to help you live this life in newness of life? Or are you doing it on your own? If you're doing it on your own, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult for you to continue to press on. We need community. We, we need one another. One of our values is being passionately one. You know, we, we want to be those that are passionately one together. And one of the things that I would say to that is that, that we as a church are best when we are we and not just me. We are best when we are we together and not just me individually. You as a Christian will find more joy and hope. You'll find more um, help in times of trouble times of difficulty and sorrow, you're going to find more of that uh, together with one another. I'm going to have the band come up. Julie, you can come on up. I'm going to, you know, I want to make sure that you understand that as we think about being passionately one, we, we are a, a church body that exists to celebrate baptisms, celebrate the Lord's Supper, celebrate the singing and the pre preaching of the word, celebrate discipleship, and to come alongside one another during times of joy and during times of hardship. To, as Paul says later on in Romans, to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. This is the church. So are you finding walking in this newness of life um, something that you're doing alone or are you doing it with others? I pray you would do it with others. You should ask that question. If you're not, then I would just say, well, if you're trying to having a hard time getting connected here at Anchor, let me just say this. Um, there's a few different ways you can figure this out. There's a groups, men's ministry, women's ministry, community groups for you to pl get plugged in, live in groups. Find joy through serving. You can come and there's plenty of opportunities for you to serve and you're gonna get to know a lot of people and make sure that when you come in on Sundays, it's not a quick come in late, leave a little early. Like get to know us. We wanna get to know you. I know that it's a weird season you know, a lot of people are sick um, with COVID. I, I get that. And so it's sometimes harder to, to make it into the room here and there if you're sick. But as we get past and out of this season, we want to be a church that exists here together. We're best when we are we and not just me. The, the, um, the call to, to baptism is not a suggestion by Jesus. It's a, it's a calling. It's a command. Just like the Lord's Supper is, which we're going to take here in a moment. I'm going to pray for us. Um, while we sing, we're going to sing one song, then Aaron's going to come on up and lead us through communion, the Lord's Supper. It, when we're singing this song, I encourage you, if you don't have your Christian, you don't have your, your cup and your juice there in the back corners, you can go grab those um, during the song before we take communion together. Listen, we want to we wanna celebrate both baptism and the Lord's Supper together. So something that we want to do as a church, have a regular part of who we are and what we do. God has called us to this. If you haven't been baptized, Talk to me about it. Let's, let's figure out how we can celebrate with you. So as you declare your, your union with Christ. Okay, let me pray for us now and then we'll sing. Father, our, um, our hope and our joy this morning.
I really hope that you were encouraged by the sermon today. You can learn more about us at anchorchurchgilbert.com. We'd love to have you join our mailing list. You can do that on the website. If you have any questions for us about who Jesus is, please let us know through our website. I hope that you were encouraged.